The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello! The Email Marketing Heroes. And today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking to Eric Stafford. Eric is Creative Director at Aim Clear, which is a digital marketing agency working with some really huge brands like Uber and Amazon and LinkedIn and Airbnb. But we actually know him from a previous life where he built multiple successful businesses with digital products and courses. And today he's here to talk about how to use email to get people to consume your programs and actually use your membership content. So important. Listen, when this podcast ends don't feel all alone with your questions come and share what you're working on and get stuck into the training and resources in our free facebook group just type rob and kennedy.group and you'll get straight in there as ever i'm joined by the guy who has spent 32 years unsuccessfully wanting to grow a beard it's hypnotist robert temple and he uses hair bobbles instead of rubber bands it's the mind reader kennedy let's start the show I know how I can stop you from using hair bubbles instead of rubber bands with one sentence. Okay, you've got me very nervous because I've got a very particular reason I do that. You're going to stop after you hear this, mind. All right. My dad does it. Stronger and more sturdy and everlasting. Is that your reason? It is the reason, yeah. They've got protective little coats on them to make them cosy. They also look nicer. We are here every single week helping course creators, coaches, and membership site owners just like you make your email marketing less of a numbers game and put the odds back in your favor with harder hitting, higher converting, psychology driven email marketing. So, our guest this week, Eric Stafford. Rob, did he create a character? which Pixar bought from him for $50,000? Did he sell some vinegar for $5,000? Or did he win a state cooking contest with a 200-pound meatloaf? One of those three things is true. Oh, so you've nailed this because any of those things could be true. Um, I am going to, so it's, it's, got it's just an absolute guess. I can't even do a Sherlock Holmes on it. <laughs> I am going to absolutely just guess that it is going to be, I think it might be the first one, but I'm going to take a gut reaction that it isn't. And I'm going to go with, was able to sell some vinegar for $5,000. Because why not? I'm going to go, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm going to go with the last one. Won a steak cooking contest. For the 200, 200 pound, pound meatloaf. Meat Eric, which one's true? Rob, you had it, and then you changed your mind. I actually, uh, I used to run the retail department of a really high-end deli, and we had uh, a, a super tiny bottle of aged, like, 150-year-old balsamic vinegar, and I sold one of them for $5,000. Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> I tell, oh, I tell you so what, though, close. I, 
I wish that I had sold a character to Pixar for 50 grand. And I also wish that I had built a 200 pound meatloaf. <laughs> I mean, that would be. I don't even know what 200 pounds is in weight. I'm not very good at that sort of thing. Never mind. <laughs> it's a lot of meatloaf. It's I was a, close. It's a lot of meatloaf. So, Eric, you obviously are massively experienced in, ma- in making sure the message that we send to people is so compelling that they actually take action, which is obviously the, the main crux of all kind of email marketing and messaging across the board. But you have some really interesting ways of getting people to consume the content they've paid for, not just that you're selling them, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, these days, you know, when it comes to email marketing, a lot of what we do is more of an audit nature. We don't work with a lot of um, a lot of clients that are building things from scratch. So we're not really writing a lot of sequences from scratch per se. Um, and so a lot of the audit work involves spotting mistakes and pointing out, you know, windows of opportunity, right? <laughs> and one of the biggest opportunities that we tend to always see is that, um, you know, whether it's a big brand, whether it's a solo entrepreneur, whether it's a course creator, once people make a sale, they tend to forget about the people that they've just sold to. And, you know, we, we all know, and we've all heard the quotes that that really is one of the biggest opportunities to make more revenue in your business is to, you know, treat your people better and sell them more stuff. Right. Right. So, so selling, you know, the people that you've already sold, getting them to consume your content, getting them more invested in who you are and what you're doing always pays, pays dividends. I mean, not only does it mean you can sell them more stuff later, but it means they see value in what you're doing. So they're going to be less likely to ask for a refund for your program or your course or whatever the, whatever it is that you've got there. So you're going to reduce those refund rates, which is lovely. You're also going to have like that old thing that we, we hear in the corporate world of brand advocacy. That's basically people going and boasting about, you know, other folk and saying, you know, when, when someone is in a Facebook group or on Twitter going, oh, how do I do this thing? And your name pops to mind because they feel awesome about you, don't they? Yeah, that, that's it. I mean, it's so important. And like, like you had said, um, there, there's just, there's an endless list of benefits that come from it right? Like you had said, you're going to increase your stick rates. You're going to lower your refund rates. You're going to create a sense of community, which is one of the, you know, five or seven, depending on who you love, core emotional drivers uh, is a feeling, a sense of community around your brand. And then like you had said, they're going to advocate, right? They're going to turn into your own little unpaid sales force, Unpaid affiliates, zero percent commission affiliates. This is it's going to be excellent. So let's think about what most people do as standard. Then, and most of us do as standard. Somebody buys a product, and we send them an email saying, "Thanks for buying the product. Here's the course. Here's the login. Here's the whatever." And then we probably are mostly guilty of leaving it there, right? Yeah, so most, yeah, most definitely. I, and and I, you know, I do see a lot of times memberships will will either. Um, come with some sort of monthly component, whether that's a, you know, a monthly call, a webinar, a hot seat call, uh, especially if it's digital in the, in the, you know, brick and mortar world, it might be that you're getting a a box every month in the mail, a shipment, something like that. Um, But a lot of times the only messages you're going to see are going to be, Hey, don't forget our call is this Friday or Hey, don't forget we're sending your box next week. Uh, Do you want extra razors in it or whatever it is? Right. And I think anything that you can do, um, especially when people first sign up to really build the value in what they're going to get, really build a consumption in what they're going to get. This isn't necessarily such a problem in the brick and mortar world because those boxes are going to come kind of no matter what, unless you cancel, but especially for digital content creators, um, 
you really have to get them, you know, like you had said in the intro, you got to get them stuck in. Um, there's so much information out there. There's so many options out there. And so emails that are saying things like, Hey, did you, did you get that first lesson? Have you gone through it? Did you notice at minute 10, how we had talked about this? This is really important. And here's why. And you're just adding context and value and encouragement to go in there and, and, and get stuck into that content. Right. And as you know, the further you get into it, um, the, the more hooked they are, the more invested they are. Right. So like my, my wife, I bought her a, a pandemic puzzle, a 1500 piece uh, puzzle. And when she first started, she was like, man, this sucks. I, you know, I'm not going to do this. This is a, a pain in the ass. And when she got about halfway done, there was no way she wasn't going to finish that puzzle. We did right? the same thing in our house. Exactly the same. Uh, this horrendous Disney puzzle. And we were like, we're not doing this. We've got, you know, 20 pieces in. We were like, this is, this is, there's pieces missing. There are definitely pieces missing. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I'm interested to know from, from your perspective, Eric, how much of that email communication is effective because it encourages them to go and participate or download the lesson versus well, the, the, the concept that even if they don't log in or read that page of the book, they get a perception of the value that's in it, even if they don't go and receive the value. Have I communicated that clearly? Yeah, you have. And I think, <clears throat> I think a lot of it really comes down to creating as personal of an experience as you can. Right. And, and, you know, a lot of the companies that we work with at AimClear are big brands. So, you know, chances are, you know, customers are not going to get an email from Tony, right. They're not going to get an email from, from whoever it is, but you know, as a, as a solopreneur or a smaller, more agile, maybe business, you can do things like, you know, sending the boilerplate welcome email. Thanks for signing up. Thanks for joining. Here's how you get in. And then immediately send another email that comes from another email address. You know, it can be Rob at the, at the email marketing show and say, Hey, look, it's Rob, the head of customer support. I just wanted to welcome you personally. If you have any questions, please let me know and let people respond to those emails. I see a lot of times you try and respond to the emails and they bounce. It doesn't feel personal. Right. And so tie that into some sort of support or ticket system where anyone literally can answer those. And it, it's not more overhead and it feels so much more personal. It builds a real sense of community from the off. There were some other words that you really used earlier on. I wish I'd written them down because as you said them in one of the previous answers, I thought that's great in terms of the different things that it, it allows people to do. So let's talk about some of those initial emails that you think are important. How, like, for example, let's say if somebody's just joined your membership today, that's possibly the most important period of time now over the next week, two weeks, something like that to really keep in touch and see the value and get them actually using that. So how much is too much? How much is too little? Obviously one email is too little, but how many emails and what sort of emails should we be putting in front of them over that period of time? Sure. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. You guys always ask really good questions. So, um, you know, I think a lot of people make the mistake of assuming that every single person on their list or, or, or every customer in their membership is going to see every single email. And that's just not the case, right? And so um, I don't think it's really possible to over-communicate when it comes to email. Um, now, now, with that said, you have to watch. You have to watch the numbers. You have to track the, the behavior. And, you know, this is why a lot of times, you know, we'll see, we'll see big improvements for our clients 
when we do a lot of segmenting and get people on different lists or get people receiving emails from different email addresses, because if it, if it does appear to be too much or feel like it's too much, those users can simply opt out of one or two or four of those uh, threads of communication while still receiving, say, the core content or the stuff that's specific to what they're working on or focused on. And so um, it, it really, you know, Rob, you and I have known each other for a long time. I am a beanie wearing creative. I'm very interested in copy, design, conversion. I hate spreadsheets. I hate stats. I hate numbers. But undeniably, the combination of both those things is what really gets results. And so um, if I could say, if I could say one thing as a person that hates data, you need the data. And so you definitely <laughs> want to be tracking your opens. You definitely want to be tracking your click-through rates. You want to be split testing different subject lines, uh, different body copy, and, and you want to test different segments and, and find that sweet spot because it's different for every vertical. It's different for every business. I like the idea that people are almost going down different. It's almost like different tracks if you've got different things that are important. So like, for example, you've got like a track that might be, and I'm thinking off the top of my head here based on what you said, but got a track that might be about sort of the live element of your program, like the live streams and the webinars and all that sort of thing. But that's not going to be everybody's jam. Likewise, some people might need the Facebook and the community and all of that stuff. So you can have a track of stuff that's about what's going on over there and people can choose to engage or opt out with the stuff I love that's relevant. It. I really I love like that it. idea. Yeah, I love it. I love the whole good cop, bad cop thing too, right? Like you can have Chuck D over here from Public Enemy being a little angry and saying, man, get in there. You really got to do this. Don't let yourself down. And then you can have Flavor Flav over here like, yeah, boy, you got this. Like, go, let's do this, right? And and so I, I think you can just kind of hit people from some different emotional angles and encourage them to get in there. Gamification always increases stick rates and lowers refunds. And so if you can find a system you can tie into your membership site that allows people to take quizzes after each session um, or after each piece of content that they, that they go through, or if you can even sort of build that assumption of that activity into some sort of sequence, you can say, Hey, look, it's been two weeks. You should be right around episode five or session five. Um, here's why that's important. Here's the base you've got. There's leverage here and here's what that's going to do for you. And here's what's coming. Um, you know, that that's an email, an old email marketing trick that I'm sure you guys have covered in previous episodes. Um, tease what's coming, right? I mean, it, we love it. We all love it. We get to the end of a Netflix show and they're like in next week's episode. And you're like, no, I'm watching that right now. <laughs> you know, the, the, the teases really work. How long do you reckon it's, it's sort of suitable to take a break from selling and moving them up the ascension ladder or, or whatever you want to call it to the next piece of content that you want to sell with? versus the consumption bit? Or do those run in parallel? So could they have, hey, it's the morning, so I'm going to be nice to you, go and get this thing. Ah, afternoon, right, get your wallet out. Like, like, what are we selling, send it, are we sending both those tracks at the same time? Do you think we should take a little breather from selling first to do the consumption, then move back into it? What do you think's really reasonable? Yeah, again, it's a great question. I mean, some of it is going to depend on the data. You really have to follow the data. Um, but I know that, you know, for cold lists, for prospect lists, not buyers, generally we try and use a mix of three sort of types of emails. And one of them would be, um, you know, like a BFF email, like, hey, you know, tell them stories. Again, the, the episode you guys did with Roy Fur was excellent, right? And the focus on telling stories and making it personal because stories – uh, are how people inherently engage and communicate for thousands of years. 
right? And it feels very natural. And plus they feel like they're getting a little, a little peek behind the curtain at, at what their heroes are doing. Right. And so um, the BFF emails just to kind of generate trust and generate relationship. Um, you know, we tend to mix those um, with more value based emails, right. Where it's like, you know, you're getting this because you, you made an investment in us. No one else is getting this, but you, and then a, a sales email, right. Uh, you know, go and do this and e uh, go and do this email basically. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that mix does change when you start talking about buyers who are in your membership site. Um, you know, I would start with cold lists, probably with a really good balanced mix of those three. Once people get into your membership site, they've made the investment. And so you have to go heavier with the value emails and with consumption emails, right? Like, did you get that, you know, and, and you would use consumption emails for cold lists. Did you get that ebook that you downloaded? Have you opened it yet? Have you been to through page 10? You know, this is a very important chapter, but once you have buyers, you have to go heavier with the consumption stuff at first and the value stuff at first and in our experience. And then taper off the consumption stuff and just go hard value and then push for the next set. I think that's a really good sort of structure thinking about the BFF sort of story, trust building emails. Then you've got value where the, the value itself may be in the email. It might be like a really short, quick lesson, you know, a, a sort of soft teaching lesson, or it might be to a resource. The other one, of course, is like a, we like we like to use as an opinion-based one where you're expecting some kind of reply or to, for them to engage in somewhere. And of course, you've got the, you've got the sort of offer type emails as well. Rob, you're about to say something there. Just one of the big mind-blowing moments I've had out of this, and I've made a note of it to go and implement it because I think it's great, is after somebody's joined the program, if they get an email from you that's as the creator or whatever of the program saying, hey, thanks so much for joining. Here's what you're going to get. Lots of stuff, lots of stuff, lots of stuff. It's usually, in my experience and in our system at the end, says, P.S., if you have any questions or any problems, you can't log in or anything at all, just email support and they'll sort you out. Actually, what's nicer, because that is that is handing them off to somebody else, which is what, has to do, what we have to do because we are in business after all. But actually, it's much nicer if, a few minutes after they receive that email, they get another one from your support person that says, if you've got any questions, I'm here. I'm introducing myself to you now as, as a support person. I can help you out with anything. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. We've that, seen open rates go through the roof and I think stick rates increase by as much as 14% just from doing that. Um, because, you know, when you think about the structure, Rob, of that initial email, it's like, you know, get excited. Here's what you're going to get. You got this, you got that, you got this, you got the other. Right. And then you're like, Hey, if you have any questions, let us know. So there, you know, there's, it can easily become 27 call to actions in that email. Right. And, and so what they need to get is an email that says, thanks so much. You're not going to regret this. Here's how you use it. Go and get started. Right. Yeah. Save, save this email. It's got all your info in it. Mm -hmm. And then a second email, um, you know, from Jessica in support or Johanna or whoever, saying, Hey, look, you know, I'm here to take care of you. Please let me know if you have any questions. And we've had clients have a lot of success, um, depending on the KPIs, right? Cause you have to keep your numbers right. But using that second piece as a phone call or a text message, right. Um, just to get them, they invested in you, um, get them, get them on as many platforms as you can. Mm. Right. Mm. Adore it. Adore it. Absolutely amazing. Um, I would, I, I mean, I could talk about this literally all day and I want to get definitely going to continue this conversation uh, separately, but let's get into this week's subject line of the week, subject line of the week. So <laughs> let's talk about a subject line that you want to discuss this week. 
So the subject line that, um, that I, I really have not ever seen anyone else use. That's, that's always worked tremendously well for us is sleepless in, and then a geo city merge tag. So when you get it, it would say, you know, like the movie sleepless in Seattle, yeah, you would yeah. get it. It would say sleepless in Cape Coral, which is where I am or sleepless in Birmingham or, or whatever it is. Right. And, um, you schedule it or broadcast it to go out at midnight, one in the morning, two in the morning. Um, and you just let people know, Hey, look, um, I couldn't stop thinking about you. I couldn't stop thinking about this. I wanted to make sure that you had gotten into your membership site. I wanted to make sure you had received everything we told you we were going to send you. I wanted to make sure you didn't miss the new sale we're doing. And, uh, that email always just works dramatically well. Um, because you know, we've all been awake in the middle of the night and gone, Oh shit. Did I remember to, to X, Y, Z. Right. Um, so that was the one that immediately popped to mind, uh, when you asked that question. I love it. Absolutely love it. That's this week's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Okay. People are definitely now, like the rest of us are all thinking, where do we go to find out more about Eric Stafford? Where do we do that? Tell us where to go. Uh, please visit our website, aimclear.com. We, we do have a history of, uh, of working with larger brands, but we've also worked with tons of uh, smaller businesses that we appreciate and love so much. So if we can help you in any way, we're more than happy to do it. Absolutely love it. I mean, what I would love to know is how 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 each of us is implementing the consumption sequence. How many emails you're putting in your consumption sequence to make to drive people back? What kind of things you're putting in there? And we'd love you to come and join the conversation on that. If you come and join our free Facebook group, you can do that by popping over to robandkennedy.group. And that'll take you straight into the Facebook group where we'll be having a chat about this. Final closing words from you, Rob. If you just want to check out Eric and AimClear and uh, check out the show notes for this episode, you can also do that. Head over to theemailmarketingshow.com forward slash vinegar. That's theemailmarketingshow.com forward slash vinegar. Other than that, thanks so much, Eric. This has been awesome. You're welcome. I'm glad it's not the email marketing show.com forward slash meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> Meatloaf once. Well, I've had it a couple of times, but only once that was really good. It was in... Where's Penguin at, Ohio. Ohio. Ohio.